this is a place for powerful women. You've never followed their rules, and now is not the time to start. Whether you want to travel full-time, run your dream business, or retire early on a beach, I've got you covered. Each week, I'll give you tactical tips and strategies to build wealth in a way that's significant to you. No matter what your goal is, the path is out there. This is the Money Confident Podcast. I'm your host, Jillian Todd. Get ready to light it up. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Money Confident Podcast. Today, I'm going the complete opposite of last week's episode. So last week, we talked about what if you are a spender, basically what a spender is. I shared a little bit about my story um, and then shared some like tactical stuff on how you can pivot from being a spender to maybe reeling that back and actually making sure that you're hitting your financial goals without feeling like you're totally restricted and you can never go to brunch again, never do the things you love again, and never spend money again. So today's episode is the opposite of that. So I'm talking about money savers, um, how to know if you are a saver, how to know if it's crossed over into a money hoarder, um, and some tips and tricks on how you can both acknowledge your saverness and also how to get around it. Okay, so first things first, um, I just want to echo back from what I said the last week episode and just say, as humans, we love to be all or nothing, right? Like we love to be all in or all out. Total spenders or total savers, right? Like up or down. We hate to kind of, I shouldn't say hate, but it is hard for us to kind of stay in the middle and be in a place of moderation and, you know, spending money on the things you love, but also working towards your future goals. So I'm not saying if you are a spender that you're bad or if you're a saver, it is bad. It really is about coming back to that middle ground, coming back to a place where you feel like taken care of, that you can treat yourself when you want to, um, but also like you are making that momentum, that traction towards your financial goals. First things first, I really want to define what a saver is. So the saver likes to spend money, has tight financial goals, and tends to consider luxuries frivolous. Savers love feeling in control of their finances and may be considered cheap or tight-fisted. While others may see money as a means to buy nice things, savers see it as a means to obtain security. Is this sounding like you? Maybe you're like already defensive and you're like, I don't like this episode, Jillian, and I do not like feeling called out. Um, No, thank you. But before you exit out of this episode, I promise it will get better. I just want to say this is like the stereotype, right? And so you are a human being with your own thoughts and experiences and actions. And so this is not to say like, this is exactly what a spender looks like, or this is exactly what a saver looks like. It's really just meant to give us an example or something to work with. So you may find you are a saver. I feel like a lot of creatives um, and business owners and creative industries especially are savers, right? And maybe even cross over a little bit into hoarders, right? So maybe you're in a position of your parents maybe struggled financially as a kid, or maybe you've been burned in business before and you know to keep a little extra in your savings account, right? For those unexpected expenses to make sure that you can pay yourself and cover emergencies, right? And so I think that is healthy saving. That is coming from a place of like, I want to be prepared for emergencies. I know that in creative business or my field or whatever, that things will happen, right? Emergency funds are good. I think when it crosses over into the hoarder mentality is really when you run into trouble. So I don't know if you're a hoarder is if you are really afraid to spend money. And I know that maybe you are hearing that and you're like, who is ever like afraid to spend money? But it is, I think, a deep-seated fear, similar to the spenders, right? So spenders overspend to feel taken care of, to feel like I need to spend my money before something else comes and takes it from me, right? There's all these underlying fears 
or emotions or maybe needs that we're trying to solve or accommodate by these habits, right? So it's the same thing with money savers, money hoarders, right? So they want to feel secure in a rainy day, right? They want to know that they are taken care of. They want to buy themselves time, right? So if you are, especially if you're creative in business or maybe a freelancer, it's super important that you are able to cover your bills ahead of time. Say if you're not booking gigs or you're not signing clients or like with coronavirus, right? Like a lot of friends in like the wedding industry are like in a really kind of tough situation, right? So it's natural to have this a little bit of a buffer built in. But I think when it becomes extreme of you having five figures or more kind of like tucked in your savings account, it really is a disadvantage to you. And I'll explain why. So number one, I would just say having more than like your basic emergency fund. So an emergency fund, I would say is anything from like three to six months of living expenses that is readily accessible to you, right? So it's in your bank savings account. It is maybe not in a piggy bank in your house, right? That might not be the most secure, but it is in a place where you can readily access it in case things, you do have an emergency, right? There's a loss of income or, you know, you have a car accident and, you know, you have to pay for repairs or anything like that, right? Medical emergencies, that is a decent savings account, right? Anything over and above that really should not be in a basic savings account. And I'll kind of explain why. So if you say have $20,000 sitting in your savings account, that money is not earning the proper return that it could be, right? If you were to invest it in the stock market, for example, or in your retirement accounts, or even to invest it in your own business, right? So you were really trading the opportunity to have your money grow for the stability or maybe the security of having that money readily accessible to you, right? So I think similar to the spender mentality, the saver is trying to protect themselves, right? They want to feel safe. They want to know that they're taken care of. They want to feel like they can provide for their families if the unexpected happens. But really what happens is in an effort to protect themselves, in an effort to really feel safe, really feel taken care of, really feel like they are prepared in case of emergencies, they're really disadvantaging themselves in the long run, right? So kind of like with the spender mentality, it really is about flipping that mindset instead of saying like, okay, but what if I lose the money? Or what if it doesn't go to plan of saying, like really looking at what you have to gain by releasing a little bit of that control, right? I'm not saying invest all of your life savings in the stock market or in in your business or in your retirement, right? It's still super crucial to have that three to six months of living expenses, But past that, I think it really is crucial that you invest it or really look at ways that you can be more efficient and really plan for your long-term goals with those funds. Okay. And so how do you do that, right? You're like, okay, Jillian, I hear what you're saying. I know that me having this big chunk of cash in my piggy bank in the back of my closet is not the best use of my money, right? But how do I get to a place where I feel comfortable letting go? How do I get to a place where I feel like I'm making the best decisions and I'm making the best investments, right? And I hear you, like those are scary decisions. It's a hard place to be when you maybe have had this habit, right? This um, experience up until now of holding onto money, saving for a rainy day, always being overprepared, right? So I think it really starts with deciding what your goal is, right? I go back to this with everything. It's really that past, the present, the future. But when you're doing it, it is future, then present, then past. So in this example, say you've got like a good chunk of change saved, Um, and you're ready to like make a move with it. You're like, okay, I'm inspired. Like I'm ready to make a move. I'm willing to take this next step, right? 
So the first thing that you're going to do is really figure out what that goal is, right? So yes, the goal is to like reinvest the funds to grow your money instead of having it sit in your savings account, but for what, right? So it's not enough really to just say like, well, I want my money to grow, right? Because I don't know about you, but if you have been saving and holding onto this money, right? Like a five to 8% return is like great, but it's not something that's going to inspire you to like leap out of bed and like, you know, sign a check and invest this money, right? That's giving you security and safety and peace of mind for all this time, right? It needs to be something that is motivating to you. So could you invest it in a beautiful home for your family, right? Your forever home. And then your kids are going to grow up there and it's going to be something that you pass on to others, right? Or maybe for you, it is really saving for your kids' future, right? Or for your own future, right? So you can stop worrying about maybe when you're going to retire and feeling like you don't have to work until you're 80, right? But it really is coming up with a big audacious goal of like living abroad or buying your dream house or paying for your kids' weddings in full, right? Like something that's inspiring um, and encouraging to you because if you're going to take the steps to really face that fear, to really let go of control, let go of that security, let go of that um, peace of mind that the cash is currently bringing you, you're going to need a motivating reason, right? And it can't just be like, oh, well, I'm doing it because I know that I should or because Jillian told me on the podcast or because my uncle who's a financial advisor really said that I am losing money, which technically you are, but like that's not a good enough reason, right? We need something that's compelling and that's motivating for us to take the steps that we need to take, right? The first thing is really sitting down and figuring out like what would be something that's super exciting, super motivating that would that I would love to spend the money on, right? Investing in your business, buying a house, saving for the future, saving for retirement, like all of these things are great means. And so once you figure out what that future goal is, you can then step it back to the present and work on your habit, right? So future is figuring out what the goal is and then stepping it back to present. So if your goal is to grow your business, right? So you might look into business courses you can invest in. If your goal is to have a baller retirement, right? And you and your partner just like travel the world forever when you're 80, then the best means of that might be putting it into a retirement account, right? Opening up a 401k or a Roth IRA. If your goal is to pay for your kids' weddings in full and you want them to have like the most baller weddings, right? It might be putting that money in the stock market so you can get a big, nice return by the time that they are 25 or whatever time you plan on them getting married, right? Once you know that goal, you can really start to take steps that will move you towards it. But until you really know what that future forward thing that you're working towards is, it's going to be hard to know which really step to take. And so I would just suggest, again, like starting with that future goal and then getting creative, right? There's always, there's a million different ways to get to wherever you want to go. I always just say like, pick that one path, figure out, is it a retirement account? Is it putting in the stock market? Is it investing in my business, right? Figure out what avenue you want to go with and then stick to it, right? And then let go of the rest. I think so often we try to like do all the things at once, right? Like again, we're like zero or nothing, right? We are like not looking, you know, not investing our money at all, like not, you know, pretending it's fine, (laughs) you know, not looking at our budget or we go the complete opposite. We're trying to like save for retirement and pay off all of our debt and pay off our credit cards, you know, like all the things at once. So I would just say like, figure out what that future goal is, figure out the one thing you're going to do to get there and then really let go of the rest, right? So like make that first step, put the, you know, get the ball rolling, make the scary phone call, call the financial advisor, like reach out to a coach who's going to help you with that. And then, you know, give yourself credit, right? So these are scary things. This is obviously if you've been holding onto this money, it's given you security and peace of mind. 
and stability, right? So give yourself credit, take the step, make sure that you're moving in that direction, but then also give yourself credit, give yourself grace. And that actually moves me into part three, which is working on the path, right? So it really comes down to digging into those deeper money stories of like, why is this so, like, why am I where I am, right? Maybe like, what are the stories that I believe around money? Like, what are the, maybe some relationships or stories that my parents told me or experiences I had that colored my need, my desire to hold this, you know, X amount of dollars in cash, no matter what, right? Was I burned in the past? Did my parents never had a burn emergency fund? And they really like preached it to me that I need to have one, right? But I think really facing whatever those underlying needs or fears or like desires it is, whether it's stability or security or just feeling like you're well taken care of, right? Once you acknowledge those, you'll be able to make lasting change. Because I, the thing I see so often is people make the outer changes, right? Like they set up the budget and they open the investment account and they put together the vision board, right? But then two weeks or two months or two years down the road, they've self-sabotaged. And it's because those underlying fears about if I don't have X amount in the bank, I'm going to be homeless, right? Like, or... Um, It's so important to have money saved or I'm irresponsible if I don't have X amount in the bank, right? Whatever those beliefs are, if they don't align with your outside action, if they don't align with the life and the habits and the day-to-day things that you're doing, you will self-sabotage. So it's not about, you know, realizing these beliefs under, you know, having empathy for yourself. It's not like you realize these things and then you're like, oh, I'm healed. Thank you, Jillian. Like, I know what my money fear is. And now I'm, you know, everything is perfect from going forward. It's not like that. But I think by continuously being aware of them, having empathy for yourself, right? So when you notice yourself start to self-sabotage or you get like a little pit in your stomach after you call your financial advisor, right? You're getting scared. You go back into that loop. You can, instead of following through, you know, and falling off the wagon, going back to right where you were, you can have empathy for yourself and say, okay. I understand where this fear is coming from, right? I understand this trigger. I understand what's coming up for me. How can I make a better choice? How can I better set myself up for success? What else can I do to meet this need of feeling secure, feeling safe? Is it having a conversation with my husband? Is it maybe scaling back my investment strategy so I feel a little bit more comfortable? Is it having a tough conversation with my financial advisor? Right, any of those things could be it. It really is just making sure that you are consciously aware of them so that you don't subconsciously self-sabotage and keep yourself kind of on the hamster wheel of no progress. So yeah, that is kind of what a saver is, how to know if you've crossed over into hoarding territory, and then a quick breakdown of the future, the present, the past, of like those three steps that you can take to move from a place of, again, moving from that extreme of like being a saver or maybe a hoarder to being in the middle of like, making those, you know, taking the steps you need to take to work towards that financial goal while also making sure that you feel safe and secure and that you have an emergency savings for today. So I hope this episode was really helpful. Um, I would love to hear if you are a spender or a saver and like what you thought about this episode. And I will talk to you soon. And that's a wrap. Thanks again for tuning in to the Money Confident Podcast. My sincerest hope for the show is that you get the tools, the tricks, the kick in the ass that you need to bring your dream to life. I'm so, so thankful that you're here. Talk soon.